Hey, when you hear that great music, the title in town of Chicago, you know that it's time for On the Lighter Side of Baseball, and this is episode number 40, the favorite number 40 I have, played football for the Chicago Bears, the premier running back in the history of the National Football League, this side of Red Grange and this side of Walter Payton, none other than the Kansas Comet. Gail Sayers. Now, Gail didn't play baseball, but we felt we ought to mention him because it is number 40, and who'd have believed it? I guess it's just a monument to being able to converse endlessly about nothing. But here we go, game seven. So, a little different today. I'm going to do the first segment before the World Series and the second segment after the World Series because there's no baseball tomorrow. There's no way the game gets rained out. There's no way the game doesn't get played. And tomorrow uh, starts the opt-out three days for Steven Strasburg and others. So it's a big day tomorrow, big day over the weekend. But be that as it may, the big thing is Game 7 of the World Series. So what's light about this? Well, here's the lightest thing. Is the chant win one for... Our good friend and uh, now Philly, Bryce Harper, or let's kick ass and show that dummy that he made a big mistake not taking the $300 million from our club. I don't think they'd be here with Bryce Harper, and I've said that all along. So they've got Robles, they got Soto, they've got a good team. Now, Soto needs to grow up. Hot dog, and he played Verlander last night. I don't know how many of you saw it, but he clearly played Verlander. It was uh, it was obvious what was going to happen, and here's what did happen. So everybody's griping at the umpires under the theory that they'll never throw you out of the World Series game. We know better now, but be that as it may at the time, uh, Verlander is not getting a call up at the top part of the strike zone. And he starts chirping at the umpire. And you can tell Verlander was off his game. He has not looked good in the offseason. He looks pretty average, looks pretty ordinary, looks pretty hittable, and he has been. So what happens? Soto, listening to Verlander, and all of uh, just turned 21, rookie, he starts shaking his head. Yeah, yeah, it was a ball. It was a ball. And uh, Verlander, the next pitch, you could tell Verlander was pissed at him. He throws his 94-mile-an-hour room service fastball letter high, and it was deposited far in the upper deck for a home run. And the Nationals took the lead. And in case you haven't noticed, after the first inning of any game in which the Astros were down, past the first inning, they can't come back. They have not come back, as opposed to the Nationals, who keep coming back against everybody. So, A, the comeback kids are off and running. B, will history be continued tonight? Because as it stands now, history was made last night when the sixth game in a row was won by the visiting team. And as I'm sure you've heard, no major sports league that has playoff series, i.e. everything but the NFL, this is the only time the visitors won six games in a row. So that doesn't bode very well for Houston. So 
Do you call your bookie and put all your money on the Astros? Because surely the home team's got to win. I don't know, man. If Scherzer's on, and of course he has that mysterious injury after he throws the bullpen session. He's up and pitching in the bullpen last night, ready to come in. Uh, has his cortisone shot. He's feeling all cocktaily all over, and uh, he's supposed to start today. And if he can't go very long, then they've got Corbin. And if he can't go very long, they've got Annabelle Sanchez to get him into the eighth inning so that they can go with uh, their guys Hudson and Doolittle. So uh, I picked the Nationals to win the World Series in six games. Go back and listen with great enthusiasm to the prior broadcasts. And uh, I'm picking the Nationals. I'm picking the Nationals to win it in seven, and the visiting team wins everything. The Astros can't come back from anything. Granke, he's just as likely to give up five runs in the first inning as he is to strike out the side. He's uh, no longer got the heater. He might get it up to 94 every now and then. He's got lots of curveballs, lots of experience, lots of grit. But game seven, somebody's got to win. I'm picking it's the former Bryce Harper team. And isn't that funny? I mean, it really is funny to me that Harper is sitting home. He won't have a ring, but by God, he's with his family. Right. He's in Las Vegas. His family of Phillies are hither, thither, and yon. And uh, speaking of yon, I was at the Chiefs game the other day, and uh, number three, Jan Stenrud came up. But that has not much to do with anything, especially baseball. Chiefs lost to the Packers. The Bears were humiliated. It's unreal that Nagy still has a job up in Chicago. He decides to take a knee with a minute left because he doesn't want to lose yardage for the field goal kicker who, oh, just a few yards further than an extra point. Panera Bread, not a sponsor, hooked his field goal, started right down the middle. By the time it got to the goalpost, see you later, man. Bears lost. So, Bears Chiefs, those ticket prices are coming down for December 22nd. I will be there, and uh, so will most of my family. We'll have a good time, and uh, that's that. So, tonight, what do we expect? We expect a pretty good battle between Scherzer and Granke, but I give the, uh, the edge to the Nationals. They're hitting better. They have more life. The... Uh, the Astros kind of look like the Cubs, and by that I mean we've been there, we did that, we're cool, we got all our little gizmo, jazzy little things to do when somebody hits a home run, but they're missing that little special something that the Nationals have. And uh, so, you know, next year the, National have, the Nationals will have Cub disease, just like the Astros seem to have Cub disease. So I look for the... Astros to be flat if they get behind, they're going to panic, they can't come back from a deficit. And you've got Eaton, who's hot, Turner's heating up, Soto, Robles, Rendon. It's a good ball club with or without Zimmerman. Kendricks is looking good. You got the DH, which favors the Nationals. So I, um, I think the, uh, the Nationals miss Harper like they miss a root canal. It's not even close. And uh, it, it, interestingly enough, Harper goes from uh, kind of like uh, Phil Jackson and that kind of uh, crazy philosophy 
Zen mentality of Kapler to a drill sergeant in Joe Giardi who promises that he'll be more in touch with the players, more in touch with statistics, more in touch with a bunch of baloney Phillies aren't going to win next year. Too bad. So let's talk about the controversy. In the seventh inning, there were a number of controversial moves by the umpire. Number one, Turner hits a ground ball. It's about 15 feet to the left of home plate, and the third baseman makes a play on it, throws to first base, and Turner uh, interferes with the ball because he never got into the box on the right side of the first base line, and that's a rule infraction. And he, on part B of that infraction, interfered with the throw. So even though they had runners on second and third with nobody out, the result of that play was the umpire called him out and the runner had to go back to first. Now, that is not reviewable. Let me underscore that. Not reviewable. It'd be like the NFL last year in the Super Bowl or in the NFC Championship going, well, I'll tell you what, you can't review a pass interference call, but we're going to do that this year because next year we're going to probably implement that. It'd be like changing the rules in midstream. And that's what Major League Baseball did. And Joe Torrey's there, so he gets on the headsets. They got a conversation with the umpire, who's the review umpire in, in New York. They got Joe Torrey, the king of baseball activities, at the game. And they're all just on the phone for what seemed to be 10 minutes without any kind of a decision being made while the pitcher is standing out on the mound doing nothing. So he cools off, and the umpires finally get together, and in reference to Abner Doubleday, they call the guy out because it it was a clear violation of the rule. Dumb application. If he called him no interference, it wouldn't have been a big deal until, you know, they went to the uh, review. So there we are. The runner has to go back to first base. One out, next guy pops up, two out. And that with one pitch, the second pitch that the pitcher who'd been standing around on the rubber made, Mr. Harris, the second pitch was deposited way back in the Crawford boxes by Rendon. And Rendon is hot. And Rendon is a free agent. And Rendon may be taking a little trip to a big payroll somewhere down the line, because I'm sure the Nationals aren't going to pay for him. They're going to pay for Steve Strasburg when he opts out, not Rendon. So, the controversy seems to be over. Seventh inning, the Joe Buck breaks away to his four- or five-minute commercial. And unbeknownst to anybody, Dave Martinez comes out of the dugout and, still recovering from a heart attack he had like two weeks before, like or three uh, September fifteenth, I believe he had been rushed to the hospital with a heart problem. He comes out and goes ballistic. I mean, with no regard to a myocardial infarct, he's out there going crazy. And like the dude works out every day. Martinez is ripped. He's strong. Doesn't say a lot, but he did on this occasion. And became the first manager to be ejected in a World Series since nineteen ninety six in the post-Billy Martin era. That would be Bobby Cox. So, here we go. 
The teams are now in uncharted territory. They've set records on their ineptitude at home. And uh, will it be home sweet dome? Get the reference to the Astrodome, although they don't play in the Astrodome. They play in Minute Maid Park. Again, the windows should be open. Again, these games would go faster if the umpires would widen the strike zone. They could do that. Players would adapt. And if the pitchers threw the ball every time they got the ball. Anyway, that's my two cents worth. On the lighter side of baseball, on the lighter side of baseball, we're going to not have any baseball now for four months before we get to spring training and start meaningless games leading up to March baseball. And who doesn't love baseball in March in Detroit? Who wouldn't love that? snow out in early April. Anyway, tonight, 7.08, Game 7, Scherzer, Granke. So, when that concludes and I digest everything, then we'll get back on the uh, lighter side of baseball and wrap up the uh, Game 7 of the World Series, and we'll talk about who are my picks for Rookies of the Year, MVP, and uh, Cy Young. I think the Cy Young's going to go in the American League to Garrett Cole, not Verlander. You know, they, I know they don't vote, take into regard playoff baseball. I still think Cole wins that. I think that um, Bregman gets the MVP. I think Alvarez gets the Rookie of the Year. And so it goes, and A.J. will probably get the most boring manager in baseball award. So that's it. The National League... Um, you know, I'm hoping Yelich gets the MVP, but he probably won't. Uh, it'll probably go to uh, Ballinger over with the Dodgers. The Cy Young will probably go to, have to think about that a little bit, and uh, between Strasburg and Scherzer. Interesting teammates are battling for the Cy Young. And the uh, Rookie of the Year, don't know, don't really care. It's not a Cub. Speaking of the Cubs, the last thing I want to talk about is the press conferences of the Cub managers, uh, plural. There are two managers of the Cubs, one that left, Cool Joe, and one that got hired, Stuffy David. Now, Grandpa Rossi was pretty animated and fun when he was sitting next to Rizzo during the 2016 Run to the Roses at Joe's press conference, it was a carbon copy of when he took the job and he and Theo were in love. That would have been six years ago, five off-seasons ago. Joe Cool still Joe Cool, man. He's got all the lingo, and now he's in Hollywood. Now he's right near the ocean. Now he can drive his RV out to the Pacific Ocean and actually watch the sun go down when he does his drinking of his wine, which I applaud him. I love Joe. Great guy. Didn't meet him very often, but when I did, what a nice guy. And what a cool press conference. Uh, MLB Network, boy, Carlos Pena, he loved him. He thought Joe was great, said all the right things. The coaches are going to take responsibility. It's the same shtick as he had with the Cubs. Now, David Ross. It was like uh, Kukla, Fran, and Ali with the Puppeteer. Uh, they'd ask David a question, and Theo would jump in. They'd ask David another question, and uh, Hoyer would jump in. Then David would finally get to parrot what Theo said. It's a bad omen. I hope that 
they give Ross free reign. It ain't going to happen. Theo wants to be the head coach, but he can't be because he makes too much money being the whatever president. So Theo is going to put the old screws to Ross if he doesn't do what Theo wants him to do. And it's already started. They are going to, although it hasn't been publicly announced, going to retain the hitting coach and the pitching coach. I cannot believe it. What a joke. Joke. J-O-K-E. Now, Hatovi's a good guy, but but I'll take Greg Maddox's brother, Mike, over him. I'll take Larry Rothschild, who just got fired. Bring him back. We got this bozo statistician. I, I, but he's better than the hitting coach. And again, I still can't remember his name. Anthony Laposi, Lapazaruza. He's going to be back. So, David, you have total autonomy to name your own coaching staff, except you can't name your own hitting coach or pitching coach. But if you want to get a bench coach that has a lot of experience managing, great. Go for it. We can't wait. And if you don't tell us, we'll pick one for you. And if we don't like the one you pick, we'll pick that guy. Unfrigging believable. There's going to be the same. And and uh, the newspaper goes, oh, this guy's a great hitting coach. Look at the great years that who had who, who. I know it sounds like the Rice Owls who. And speaking of college football, SMU is 8-0 and going up against Memphis. I predict, and I'll be out in Las Vegas, I predict that the Mustangs will defeat Memphis. I think the game's in Memphis, so, you know, it's going to be tough. But... I'll make sure, I'll bet on Memphis to make sure that SMU wins. So, betting's legal out there in beautiful Las Vegas, soon to be the home of the Oakland Raiders or the Las Vegas Raiders or whatever they're going to be called. they got to be called that because people have all that gear they put on to go to the games. And speaking of weird gear, I saw some weird gear at Arrowhead this weekend with the uh, fans of the Chief Kingdom going down again for the third loss at home. Never happens. Why is it happening? Mahomes got hurt. Moore played pretty good. Defense sort of sucks. Sort of doesn't. And uh, they fumbled. So that's it. We cover lots of different things on the lighter side of baseball. So we have done, by my calculation, probably close to 18 minutes and 30 seconds. We will put the rest of the podcast on hold until tomorrow, and we know who are the world champions of baseball. And again, I predict Soto, now 21, will have his first legal bottle of champagne in the Minute Maid Park Visitor's Dugout, and then on to the Baby Shark Parade, which ought to be pretty cool. And I'd sing the song Baby Shark, but... I don't want to uh, dwell on that crazy song, but it's pretty catching. I can't get it out of my mind. Baby shark, mama shark, daddy shark, grandma shark, grandpa shark. If you don't know what I'm listening to, Google baby shark because that's the walk-up music of Gara, who's a bit player, sometimes pinch hitter, but it took over if you watched either any of the three games in Washington. You saw the baby shark going crazy. It's the big deal. Now, some guys do the baby shark with their thumb and index fingers, and other guys do it like the Florida Gators. 
But it's Baby Shark. And will the Great White eat the Baby Shark? I don't think so. Baby Shark wins 7-3. to three. And we'll see how I did tomorrow. Until then, Jamie Renske on the lighter side. Looking for sponsors. Give me a call. You know my number. That's it. And we are back on the lighter side of baseball. It is Thursday morning. I'm heading to Las Vegas to lay some money on those mighty, mighty Mustangs. I'm sure that I'm going to jinx them. But we have a victory in the World Series. Yes, it's over. And as I predicted on segment one, which was less than, what, about 12, 14, 16 hours ago, the Baby Sharks defeated the Great Whites. I said, the Nationals in six. I was wrong. It's the Nationals in seven. I said game seven would be seven to three, baby sharks over the great white sharks. I was a runner two off. It was six to two. Pretty frigging good on the prognoses, and I'm pretty proud of that. So what happened? Number one, The weather was perfect, but they could have opened the ceiling, the roof. Had Game 7 been in Kansas City, which is a pretty good stretch, it would have been snowed out. We had snow last night, and uh, it's cold. It's like 25 degrees. Boy, would that have been a fun Game 7. Well, not to worry. The Royals are so bad. They are in the bottom four, and will they stay in the bottom four? Probably. The Nationals, and I ripped Mike Rizzo. I mean, I ripped him. I ripped him for four or five months. Looked like Dave Martinez was clearly on the ropes and about shown the door to get out of town when the Nationals turned around their 19 and 30 start and got into the wild card game. And so, yes, we have another wild card winner going all the way to win the World Series. And instead of winning 11 games, they had to win 12 games to get their rings, and they did. And uh, interestingly, in most games, number one, the Nationals came back and the Astros couldn't. They didn't have that comeback drive. They had kind of uh, the deer in the headlights look the last time whenever the Astros would be behind. And typically, in at least four out of the seven games, the seventh inning was the key inning. The starters were gone. And the Nationals hit the bullpen of the Astros more consistently than the Astros hit the bullpen of the the, um, uh, Nationals. So there we go. The uh, Nationals got some guys that were really, really red hot. Uh, Adam Eaton, who, uh, interesting side note, I had lunch with Jerry Reinsdorf, do that every year. He talked about a couple years earlier how Adam Dunn Uh, had let him down. He was paying him $13 million for zero production. Then Adam Eaton went to the White Sox, and he had a horrible relapse in his career, and Reinsdorf told me he's through taking free agents named Adam that play first base or the outfield. However, Adam Eaton had a great series. Rendon, on his way out of Washington, he'll go for the parade, but on his way out of Washington, D.C., the dude can flat-out hit. He can flat-out play third. Probably the best third baseman in the league. Bregman's pretty good third baseman, too. He can hit. He'll probably be the MVP. And uh, so there you have that. And 
The guy who had the breakout uh, public uh, appearance in the World Series for the Washington Nationals was one, two, three, Soto. Now, you know, Bregman and both Soto were criticized tremendously for carrying their bat all the way to first base after they had hit a home run. And I laugh at all the MLB network guys and everybody spent all day on Bregman and Soto carrying their bat down to first base. If that were the worst antic engaged in by everybody during the World Series, it'd be one thing to be critical. But, I mean, there is more jive dancing and all sorts of ridiculous behavior, in my opinion. And, of course... I'm an old-school baseball fan who really doesn't like guys sitting on the bench acting like they're driving a Porsche. I don't like guys dancing through the conga line every time somebody hits a home run. It's great to have fun. I think it's cool to be excited during the World Series. Hopefully they don't do that uh, on opening day of 2020. But I think if they were pitching in the era of Bob Gibson, early wind, Don Drysdale, those guys wouldn't do that. They'd be on a stretcher heading to the hospital. It's unbelievable how the behavior of the ballplayers has become so expressive in your face. And then to get upset because the guy carried his bat to first base while every time they score a run, they hug, they do elbow bounces, wrist bounces, they do this, they do that. They have a different deal for everything. And uh, so... You know, am I an old fuddy-duddy? Probably. Enough's enough. I mean, a little bit goes a long way. In fact, you know, celebrating spraying champagne everywhere is anticlimactic to each home run that was hit. So, Soto, he is a great hitter. He is an obnoxious baseball player to an old fuddy-duddy like me. So what do you see creeping into Major League Baseball? You see the influence of Japanese baseball, fan base-wise, because they never shut up during a game. Noise goes on forever. And the Latin American influence on baseball and the celebrations that you see in winter ball in the Dominican, that you see in Cuba, that you would see in Venezuela. And I'm not saying it's bad. I mean, come on, Jamie, relax. It's on the lighter side of baseball. These guys are having a good time. It's just borderline offensive when it just goes on and on and on and on and on. And the games last four hours, four and a half hours, et cetera, et cetera. Although this World Series seemed to go 320, 330, 345 for the most part. And uh, with respect to the wrap-up game last night, the um, game went fairly smoothly and uh, was over in three hours and 42 minutes. Man, a streamlined game. And the umpiring wasn't an issue this time. And really, it shouldn't have been last time. The thing that got everybody was the length of time that they were on the uh, um, headsets uh, monitoring a play that wasn't reviewable. So, you know, they got to do something about that. But overall, um, I thought the MLB network, the hosts were obnoxious. Don't like those guys. But I do like DeRosa. I, I like Pedro. He did a nice job. And... Uh, I'm a fan of Harold Reynolds and, and then Sean Casey and Mike Lowell. They got some good guys and some good women, Heidi. She got to do um, uh, the show with, with uh, Kevin Millar, 
intentional talk because Rose couldn't get there, and she's way better than Rose. Rose ought to stick with the NFL. Uh, he's a little weird. But these guys, you know, they love Chris Russo. The guy, he hasn't gotten a prediction right. He just says all this loud stuff, and he does talk loud. Reminds me of when I was trying a case in, near St. Louis. I was clearly the outside guy. The local guy was giving his opening statement, and I stand up and object that, you know, he's being argumentative, and the judge looks at me and basically says, no, he's just being loud. Sit down. And so that's Chris Russo. He's just loud. He doesn't really say anything that's very in incisive or insightful or whatever. He's just bad. And then you got Joe Buck and Smolsey. Oh, my God. I mean, if I was a Houston, I had no skin in the game. Uh, my son's a Nationals fan. My brother's an Astro fan. I really couldn't care less who won other than I picked the Nationals finally to win. And they cut Sammy Solis, so I'm not a real big Nationals fan. But on the other hand, you know, the Astros are the Astros. But, oh, my goodness gracious, Buck and I mean, they just loved the Nationals, and they did all through the... I would have turned the... I did turn the TV off quite a few times with the sound. I just... They got to get... You know, they won't. I mean, Joe Buck goes here, Joe Buck goes there, Joe Buck's Fox guy. Fox has this stuff. They pay billions of dollars, and um, so we're stuck with Buck for the rest of my life, probably. Anyway... Um, a wrap on the World Series. Steven Strasburg gets the MVP. I think Buck and Smoltz picked the MVP. So is that a reflection on their anti-Latin American heritage? I don't know. I would have thought that either Rendon or Soto would get the MVP. Now, I'm not trying to interject race, but I just did. And although Strasburg had two great outings, eh, I don't think he was the MVP. I think, you know, Adam Eaton had a great series. He could have gotten it. Soto, Rendon's the guy that I would have given the MVP to. But, you know, Strasburg's not bad. And, uh, and so there we have it. We've got the uh, World Series ending. We have the time now to opt in, opt out. Strasburg has three days to make that decision. And um, we will have the award shows going on. Then we'll have the general manager meeting. Then we'll have the owner meeting. Then we'll have the winner meeting. A lot of meetings going on. We're going to probably scale back due to popular demand. I won't be doing one every week, probably every two weeks. And uh, it's been a fun season. We are finishing up Podcast 40. I promised we would get to Jackie Robinson's number, number 42. I really like Gary Peters. He wore 43. So, you know, who knows? We're going to look at the Negro League Baseball. We're going to look at the minor league situation with the major leagues trying to squeeze them for better deals. We're going to look at the uh, Hall of Fame and the Hall of Fame voting and who's going to get in. So we will have our own little hot stove league going on during the course of the winter, and uh, I think it's going to be fun. So in the meantime, this is Jamie Uresky saying... The conclusion of the 2019 season is over. Like every good Cub fan, I'm waiting for next year. Will David Ross lead them to the promised land? I hope so. be fun to be in the playoffs again and uh, see what happens with Rossi, Grandpa Rossi, and uh, who they have next year. Will they have Almora? Will they have Schwarber? Will they have Bryant? 
Will they have Rizzo? Do they trade Bryant and sign Rendon? Hmm. Makes sense to me. Do they sign Garrett Cole? They're losing Cole Hamels. I'd like to see Garrett Cole in a uniform. Not Strasburg. I'd rather go with Cole. Anyway, those are the things we'll talk about. And until then, uh, this is Jamie Rutsky on the lighter side of baseball. You can find us on SoundCloud. You probably already did. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You probably already did. And our new uh, Spotify. So, until next year, not really, until next week, Jamie Rutsky on the lighter side of baseball. Have a great day. Have a great week. And uh, go SMU. Let's see if you can't beat Memphis uh, on Saturday night. That's it. Have a great week.